Hey everybody, welcome back into the Suns After Sunset podcast. I'm Kanal and I'm here with my co-host Ian. And today we got a very interesting podcast. Um, we got some KD news yesterday that will hopefully finally put us Suns fans at ease just a little bit. We're going to be talking about our, you know, playoff seedings in the East and West and how that's going to finish out in the regular season. We're going to be talking about, obviously, the KD news that happened yesterday, as well as give you guys our award predictions um, and all NBA team predictions. So it's definitely going to be a good podcast. I hope you guys enjoy. Uh, obviously, if you guys want to go follow our social medias, um, you can definitely do that. It's in the description as far as our Twitters. And if you have any questions, just let us know. Okay, so the first thing we're going to do today is we're going to go over our playoff seedings for the East and West. So I think we'll just like kind of list them and then we'll maybe explain. Um, so I'll start off. I'll say for my Western Conference predictions, I got, you know, I'm doing this based on if we get KD because I personally think we will get KD. So I got the Suns number one, the Warriors number two, the Clippers number three, the Grizzlies number four, the Timberwolves number five, which I'm a little high on them, uh, the Pelicans at number six, the Nuggets at number seven, which I'm kind of low on them, uh, the Mavericks at number eight, so I'm even lower on them. I got the Kings at number nine and the Lakers at 10. You want to go over your Western conference prediction? Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Um, ours is a little bit different. I think I, I, I have the Suns number one. Obviously, I'm basing this off of if we get KD as well. Again, I believe we will. Um, so I'm basing it off of that. So I have the Suns at one. I have the Warriors at two. I got the Clippers at three. I got the Nuggets at four. I got the Pelicans at five. Uh, I got the Grizzlies at six. I think the Grizzlies will take a, a step back with everybody else getting a little bit better, especially Jaron Jackson Jr., who's not going to be playing until December. So uh, I got the Mavericks at seven. Uh, Timberwolves at eight. The Kings at nine. I think they're going to be a surprising team to a lot of people. And then I got the Lakers at ten. So I think you got, like, Nuggets kind of higher and you got Grizzlies and Timberwolves lower. Yeah. And I didn't actually know about the Jaron Jackson Jr. injury, so that's pretty interesting. That might affect my rankings as well. Yeah, he. I'm pretty sure he had to get surgery. I honestly couldn't tell you on what, but he, he had to get surgery and his recovery time is not till around Christmas from what um, I've heard. Uh, again, that could change. So, But I heard that, that about a month ago. Um, obviously, I haven't really <laughs> – I had a lot of follow-up on that, so. Yeah. Okay, so moving on to the Eastern Conference, I actually got the Celtics number one, the Bucks number two, the 76ers in number three, the Cavaliers at number four, so I'm pretty high on them this year. I think they take a big step. I got the Hawks at number five. I think with the addition of DeJounte Murray, they're going to take a step forward. I got the Heat at number six, so I got them taking a step back. I got the Raptors at number seven the Bulls at number eight, the Knicks at number nine, and I got the Brooklyn Nets at number 10 because I think once they lose KD, I think they're going to trade Kyrie as well, and I don't think that team's going to be as good as the rest of them. So Yeah, yeah, for sure. I can definitely see that. Um, my Eastern one is all over the place. Um, there's a lot of teams that you were higher on than I am, um, and I guess I'll kind of explain that here in a second. But I also have the Celtics at number one, the Bucks at number two, 76ers at number three. I have the Heat at number four. I have the Bulls at number five. I have the Cavs at six. I have the Raptors at seven. I have the Hawks at eight, the Knicks at nine, and the Nets as well as at ten. 
Uh, so really, I think it just came down to the Cavs and was it the Raptors or no, the Cavs and the Heat. Cavs and the Heat were kind of the two that uh, that we kind of had kind of flip flop. Yeah. So now that we've listed out our predictions, I think we'll like maybe look at some that were higher on and the other one was lower on and we'll like try to explain those. So for me, for number four, I had Grizzlies. So I'll probably um, take into account Jaron Jackson Jr.'s injury. And so maybe I'll drop them a little bit. I was also high on the Timberwolves. And I think that they could take a big step forward with moving Carl Anthony Towns down to power forward so he won't have to um, play so much defense against like big centers and he can leave that up to Rudy Gobert. And so I think that twin tower look and that they play off each other's weaknesses really well. So I'm high on them. I know some people are even higher on them, but I, I think like the top four teams pretty much would be better. And then I'm pretty low on the Nuggets and the Mavericks. I think the Mavericks took a huge hit um, with losing Brunson. And then when they added Christian Wood, you saw what he got traded for. And there's a reason Christian Wood's been like moving around the league like he has. Like, you know, when someone gets traded that much, there's a reason they're getting traded that much. And lastly, for the Nuggets, I got them at number seven because I honestly don't think Michael Porter Jr. and Jamal Murray coming back impacts them that much. And I think the rest of the West has gotten better. So I have them at number seven. Yeah, no, for sure. I definitely, I definitely agree with a lot of what you just said. Um, you know, as far as in, in the Western, um, the Grizzlies I have at six, I think just because of that Jaron Jackson Jr. thing. Um, if, you know, if that just not true and he comes back, you know, a month or two earlier, then I could bump them up maybe a spot or two because that'll that'll be like 20, I guess like 20 games or so that we're mm-hmm. kind, of, kind of missing. So um, my, ba- my main thing is the Nuggets. I'm really high on the Nuggets. I don't know. Like I feel – I know I'm not the one to sit here and say Jamal Murray is, you know – as good as, you know, Devin Booker and like most people were saying that he's just, you know, elite, elite. I do think he's a great player. Um, definitely one of the top, you know, definitely one of the top 30 players in the NBA. But it's one of the – it's I don't know. I feel like as a team together, especially with Michael Porter Jr. coming back, we haven't really got to see a lot of his potential. I know he's had a lot of injuries and surgeries, but – we haven't really got to see his potential as well. I think those two mix mix with Jokic. I mean, what were they, the sixth seed last year? I and, think so. Yeah, they were the sixth seed, and they didn't have Michael Porter Jr. or Jamal Murray. Um, I don't know. I feel like I, – I just really feel like they could really make a big jump on that. I mean, because if they were the – I know the, the rest of the West did get better, but, you know, they, they got – better as well so I mean the Clippers are pretty self-explanatory if they can stay healthy and then the addition of John Wall that would definitely help them out a lot too yeah I gotta say personally I think the Clippers got like the best depth in the league like it's just like their bench is crazy yeah the Clippers are scary the only reason why I have them at number three if I mean if I'm being completely honest I I don't wish injuries on people but I, I definitely see one of those two taking a step back from what they had to go through so um that is why I have them at number three. Again, if the Suns don't get KD, I would probably have the Clippers, honestly, at number two, Warriors one, and then I'd bump the Suns down to three. I think that we're probably a three seed without KD. Uh, but, again, I'm basing it off if we get KD. So, Yeah, I agree with that. I think if we didn't get KD, I would bump down the Suns to number three as well and move the other two up. So, moving on to the East, um, I'm really high on the Cavaliers this year. I think Darius Garland – Evan Mobley, that's a really great duo. You got Jared Allen, who's a great defensive center. And I think that addition of Karis LeVert at the wing 
Um, I think that's going to really boost them. Like, they got him at the trade deadline last year. He didn't play extremely well. But I think now that he's had a whole season with them, or, like, a whole offseason with them, he'll take a step forward. And I think that team will really work together. And they got back Ricky Ruby, I'm pretty sure. So I think that team will take a big jump. And they got a bunch of young talent there. Yeah, no, I definitely I definitely could see the Cavs going in with it. The East, for me, even though I have it, them kind of low, I mean, or kind of high. I don't even know whichever one you want to say, but they're at number seven. So my main thing is, I don't know. I feel like it could go, it could go two different ways um, in the East. I'm pretty sure like the Celtics, I have them at number one, but they could, you know, finish number three or four. I feel like the West, I could kind of plan out a little bit better than the East. I feel like there's a lot of teams in the East that are on the same talent level um, outside of the Bucks and the Celtics. Um, but I feel like there's a lot of teams in there that are pretty similar. Um, the Celtics, number one, I uh, can't even imagine how good they would be if they decided to get KD. Um, I know they'd have to give up probably Jalen Brown, and um, seems like they're wanting Marcus Smart, but I don't find that to be, you know, really true as far as that goes. But um, that's basically that's basically that, man. I'm pretty – I'm still high on the heat. I think they're going to finish around the four to five range, I do believe – um, Tyler Hero in the playoffs last year was kind of an anomaly. I do think he'll bounce back, and you'll kind of see that later in some other predictions. So. I think a big thing with the Heat is if they can get off Duncan Robinson's contract, I feel like that would be able to open up to like open their um, cap space up, and maybe they could make more moves if they got off his contract. Yeah, I know they're one of the teams interested in Colin Sexton. I could see them um, doing that. Um, and possibly if they get Colin Six, and they could possibly get rid of that Kyle Lowry contract. So um, that's also another one that's kind of pretty big from what I've seen. Yeah, and to go off of what you say, I really agree with you. Like, the fact that, like, the East is really hard to predict compared to the West. Like, you know the Suns are going to – the Suns and Warriors, they got great depth. They're going to probably near the, be near the top, and then the rest of them kind of fall fall, like, um, four through six, and then seven and eight, you can kind of predict. But in the East, you don't know who's going to be first. Like, it all depends on if Chris Middleton is playing really well, if the subjects take a step back, you know, if James Harden is playing better than he played last season. See, I got the Heat falling all the way to six, but then there's a realistic possibility they end up back at number one. So it's just really hard to predict. Yeah, no, for sure. I can definitely – I definitely agree with you. Uh, we seem to have pretty similar standings as far as that goes. Um but yeah, man. I mean, I'm. I don't think we're gonna get into like playoff predictions as far as who's gonna win the championship or anything. I think we can save that for probably towards the end of the regular season because I don't like doing playoff predictions when I don't know what the season is gonna look like, really. So yeah. So that being said, we're gonna go ahead and transition to the part of the podcast that everybody probably came for, um, which is you know the KD news. That's kind of the the meat of the <laughs> of the podcast. So yep. we'll definitely go over that um, yesterday. We heard that KD put his foot down again on the trade request. And he basically told Joe Sy it's either Sean Marks, Steve Nash to get fired, or it's me. So it's one of those things to where KD knew that he wasn't going to come out uh, and fire both of them. So that's basically KD's way of saying, you know, get me the hell out of here. Um, which is definitely good news for Suns fans in a way because we haven't heard nothing really promising pretty recently. All we've heard was just the, you know, the Celtic stuff coming out 
and us just getting clowned on uh, Twitter. But um, and then later last night, I'd say about four five hours after all that happened, um, Joe Sy actually came on Twitter and tweeted that he backs his front office. So basically siding with Sean Marks and Steve Nash, which is actually um, what I thought he was going to do. Didn't think he was going to come out publicly on Twitter and say that, but uh, that's definitely what I thought he was going to do. Um, but that with him saying that, man, I feel like the Nets lost a lot of leverage, and I kind of want to hear what you think on that situation. Yeah, so to touch on this, like, okay, at first when I saw the report that they met and he reiterated his trade request and he said, it's either me or Sean Marks and Steve Nash. I was like, Katie's team, that was a really weird play. I was like, I don't understand why you would play this situation like this. I was like, it just leaves the door open for possibilities that you don't like that are not good for Suns fans. So like I was looking at it at the lens of a Suns fan. I was like, this is not the best way he could have played this. And I never would have thought that he would have had Joe Sy tweeting out that basically Kevin Durant's going to be traded by the end of the day. I never thought it would go to that extent. And so it seems that his team played it really well. But yeah, man, uh, you know, I kind of found it funny that he came out and tweeted that at the time. It's, it was kind of crazy. Um, I know a lot of people think KD, you know, putting his foot down on the trade request, kind of, you know, reiterating it. Um, makes him lose leverage in a way. He's kind of limit, limiting his options, but isn't that what we kind of want to do is for him to limit his options? Um, sounds like he wants to be in Phoenix still because other than Shams, I mean, no one else really has came out and said that they, they have been eliminated. And then today he's out there backtracking and he mentioned the Suns on the Pat McAfee show. So, you know, it's one of those things where people are starting to backtrack. They're starting to realize what's going to happen. And I don't know, man. I just really, I really think people are going to be surprised here soon. Yeah, I think a big thing is that you know the media does not love the Suns, and that's just that's just like that's just a fact. They do not love the Suns. They're going to talk about anything else but the Suns. We had them tweeting out Kyrie and KD for AD and Russell Westbrook. They were talking about that on yeah. their shows. They do not love the Suns, and so. I think what happened was that nobody was talking about the Suns. No one wants to talk about the Suns. And after this whole Kevin Durant thing, these big media personalities checked back in. They're like, okay, who are the realistic possibilities? And they still didn't get the complete correct information from what we know. But they were like, they still found out that the Suns were involved. And that's why we got Bobby Marks out here backtracking, saying the Suns are a possibility. We got Sean Strania. Um, back backtracking saying that the Suns are a possibility you know it's all to put themselves in a position where they're not going to look bad and once this KD gets traded to the Suns so that's one thing and then to touch back on what you said about leverage I think this gives KD a bunch of leverage like he just like tanked his own value in a way so now they have to trade him for less and so that could help the Suns a lot because if they have to trade him for less you know the Suns don't have the strongest package and that just benefits the Suns, and that's where he wants to go. And everyone's like, he limited his options, but, like, he only wants the option to be one option, so it doesn't really matter. Yeah, no, for sure. I definitely agree with that. I'm going to go ahead and touch up on that real fast, I'm on the leverage part, because last night, I, you know, I was on Twitter talking with a couple people, and I was just telling them, like, if you think the Browns after this are giving Jalen Brown up, 
after the whole this whole situation where in my opinion KD gained a lot of leverage and tanked his market value if you think the Celtics are giving up Brown and the Raptors are giving up Scotty Barnes which I don't even think they ever were but they're definitely not doing that now um, so the Suns package can still beat the Raptors and the Heat's package and if the Celtics aren't offering Jalen Brown which some people think he's still on the table. Some people don't. But even if he is, they're not going to throw in more than him. So there's Jalen Brown and possibly, what, three three to four first-round picks, probably no swaps. I would still take the Mikael Bridges-Cam Johnson with the four picks, maybe an extra expiring contract, and then add the additional three swaps in there. I would take that package any day, especially – I know they're not trying to do Katie any favors, but it also would help their future too on trading, you know, a superstar, one of the best players of all time to a team that he wants to go to. I mean, it'll help their future as well. So to speak on that, I wanted to ask you, so now that we've had these recent developments and Katie seems to be lighting a fire in the organization and they're going to have to trade him for less because they lost a lot of leverage. Do you think this is possible that it could be a one-on-one deal now, or do you still think that Phoenix will have to loop in at 13? I think it helped us out yesterday for a one-on-one deal. I don't think it helped us out much. If I were to give you a prediction still, I would say it's about a 70 to 80% chance that there's a third or fourth team involved still. Um, But I also think that we gained about 10 to 15% on the single uh, one-on-one yesterday when all that stuff came out. I just still think that they would need another kind of Cam Johnson type of player um, to be added to them, uh, to the Nets as well. And maybe like a Jordan Clarkson, who's a little bit, who's, you know, one sixth man of the year. Uh, I feel like if the Nets got those two with all the picks and added Jordan Clarkson in somehow, I think they would take it. Um, I don't know exactly what we'd have to give up for Jordan Clarkson, so I think that's where the the trickiness comes into play. But I would still bet that we need a third or fourth team, which kind of makes me nervous in a way because from what I'm hearing, we're not really, you know, hearing a third or fourth team trying to do anything. I, I mean, I've heard the Kings. I've heard the Knicks. I've heard the Jazz. I mean, I've heard the Heat because the Heat want Jay Crowder back, so maybe maybe we can do something with them to give them, you know, to get an extra pick or something, you know, trade them Jay Crowder and somebody else for a first-round pick if we can get lucky and then send that to Brooklyn um, on top of our four. But I don't know, man. I just feel like until we can find a third or fourth team, I just think this stalls out. Um, but, I mean, again, the Suns' front office is very quiet. So, I mean, who knows? There could be a third or fourth team. Maybe they're trying to finish up stuff. Maybe they're trying to see if they can – uh, wait this out. I just don't really know what's going on, man. I mean, I would literally – I read a tweet last night that said if James Jones was in the CIA, he was from Espo, um, I'd believe you. And that is so true. They literally leaked nothing, man. Yeah, to touch on that, I think – you know, I think that is the biggest roadblock in this whole thing. Like, we're just waiting for that Shams or Woj tweet that says Kevin Durant has been traded to the Phoenix Suns. And I think it's going to involve a third team. I, I really don't think that there's any possibility of a one-on-one. Maybe it increased after yesterday, but I still think they're going to need that third team. And I would say there's even a possibility of a fourth team. So one thing that I wanted to talk about was that over the past few days, the Jazz have made one random signing, and mm-hmm. the Kings have made two random signings. So 
those are both teams that have been rumored as third or even fourth teams in a Kevin Durant deal. So I think that might be something to keep an eye on. Yeah, no, I definitely, I know me and you um, off the podcast talked about it um, last night on our phone call. We were talking about that as well uh, whenever we were going over some stuff for the podcast. But um, I don't know, man, I think, I think the Jazz and the Knicks are probably the two teams right now that could be um, the two that we kind of got to get going because of the Donovan Mitchell situation. Um, I don't know how active those talks have been, uh, but hopefully James Jones can finally step it up. If James Jones has to add Cam Johnson in there with Mikel just to get it done sooner so we can you know build our roster around them, I'm totally game for it. So, that's where I'm at on that situation, on the trade packages and all that kind of stuff. Um, and after my after yesterday, my decision still stays the same on the KD situation. I think he will be a Phoenix Sun by training camp. I don't think the Nets want him to go into training camp before and definitely not after what we heard yesterday. So that's where I'm at on that. Yeah, I agree. I think that um, it could likely take all the way up until training camp, which is not something that even I want to think about because I'm kind of ready for this to just happen. But even Flex touched on it on his podcast yesterday. You know, there's still six, I think six weeks left. And it could take all of those six weeks, man. And I don't want to think about that. That's going to be kind of upsetting to wait out six weeks. But if it means we get Kevin Durant, it's going to be worth it. And to add on that, I think it gets a little tricky when you want to involve a team like the Kings or the, Knicks into a trade with the Jazz and the Nets because the Nets it would be easiest for to reroute Donovan Mitchell from the Jazz to the Nets but when you add a team like the Kings or the Jazz or the Kings or the Knicks that team's going to want Donovan Mitchell and that's where it gets kind of a little bit gray it doesn't become as black and white if you have just three teams with the Suns the Jazz and the Nets you can give the Nets Donovan Mitchell and you can try to figure everything else out, and it becomes a little more straightforward. Yeah, no, I agree with that. I agree with that, man. Um, but, yeah, I mean, unless you want to touch up on something else on the KD situation, I'm pretty sure we covered everything. Um, if you don't have anything else that you want to touch up on, we can go ahead and get into the final segment, which is honestly I'm really excited for um, if you're ready to do that. Yeah, I think the last thing I want to talk about really fast before we move on to that final segment, which I'm also excited for, I wanted to talk about Ish and Dwayne. So I had brought up in the previous episode that Ish and Dwayne, they're both players that could have been signed on normal contracts, but for some reason they were signed on two ways. And I thought that was a little suspicious. And so I mentioned that. And, you know, see, we see yesterday in Flex's podcast, they both, Dan and Flex, they were kind of joking. They were like, man, there's a reason why they were signed on two ways. I wouldn't be surprised if Ish gets a normal contract real soon. And so I just wanted to say, like, sometimes we think, like, oh, just don't think everything's involved with KD. But like I said, these two ways could be connected, and we see that they were. So, Yeah, no, exactly. I, I know we've been talking about that, too, as far as that goes. Flex um, said that, which kind of which kind of made us feel good that we finally got something <laughs> before him. But, no, nah, it's just funny. Yep. Um, but, no, nah, man, that dude does a great job, and him and Dan have a great podcast. But uh, – yeah, yeah, just transition on to the final segment. Um, we'll be going over our awards first, and then we're going to be going over um, our all-NBA teams. We got first, second, and third, so we're going all out on that. Um, 
but yeah, if you want to go ahead and get started with your awards, uh, we can definitely go ahead and do that, and I'll uh, and I'll piggyback off of it. Okay, that sounds good. So you know, we're gonna start off with the big award, MVP. I'm pushing the Devin Booker agenda. I really think he has a chance. I remember all the media people talking about, you know, when you have a player having an MVP season, they usually don't win it in their first MVP caliber season. They win in their second MVP caliber season after they've established themselves. And, you know, this is the first time where media's opinion, like, really, truly matters because those are the people that vote on this. So I think Devin Booker has a legit shot. I think if we get Kevin Durant, we could have a historical team. And I think Devin Booker is actually going to be the best player on the Suns, even if we get Kevin Durant. And I got Devin Booker for MVP. Okay, yeah. Awesome, awesome. Um, Now, kind of going off of that, my MVP is Joel Embiid. I think he has been robbed. It's, it's definitely last year. Um, you can may, maybe argue for both years. Uh, as much as Jokic is a great player, I, I really believe he and Embiid are neck and neck. I think Embiid probably should have got one of those already. And I think next year is going to be his year after – um, Jokic getting the pass too. If he plays the same way he did the last two years, I do believe he'll get one. Um, finally, I mean, it, I do think he'll get it. Uh, I love Joel Embiid, so I'm kind of a personal, you know, just kind of biased there, but I do believe he definitely should have got one of those. Yeah. Before I talk about, about my defensive player of the year, I wanted to touch on that. You know, voter fatigue is a very real thing, y'all. I can bet you a lot of money that Jokic is not winning three in a row. I think it'll definitely be Embiid. You know, Giannis always has a chance. There's some young players that that could um, come in and swoop in and get the MVP, but I got Booker. But that's what I'm saying. I really don't think Jokic will um, win this year. So moving on to my defensive player of the year, I got Jaron Jackson Jr. So I think he's a premier shot blocker. And I think he has a, the potential to just take a big leap defensively and offensively. And I think that he could really just come out and be dominant on defense and win defensive player of the year. Yeah, no, I kind of have a similar style player in there. Um, he's from the heat. I think he's the one bright spot besides Jimmy Butler that they got right now. Um, and Tyler Hero, of course, but I do think Bam is going to win defensive player of the year. I think that is a very dark horse pick. I know would like to say Bam's overrated, and I can see it in a way. Um, but, man, defensively, that dude is a monster. Um, I don't know how he didn't get on the all-defensive first team last year. I know Jaron Jackson Jr. had a good defensive season. I, I personally, which is a hot take, would have put him over Jaron Jackson Jr. on that first team last year. Um, but, dude, Bam definitely is going to be a defensive force in the league for – Sometime. I mean, I think he's only like 20, what is 24 years old, um, 24 or 25. So I might even be, he might even be younger than that. I didn't really do my research on that, but he's going to be very good on defense in the league for a while. Yeah, I think, you know, that's a very real possibility this season. Um, you know, that's, he's one of the um, top choices pretty much every year for that. He seems to have not, you know, made that final leap yet, but I think there's a very real possibility he could. So moving on to my sixth man of the year, you know, if this guy is the sixth man this year, he's going to win the award. Like it's, it's just pretty straightforward. So with that being said, I got Tyler Hero and there's not much to say. 
Yeah, yeah, I agree with you on that. I also had Tyler Hero as well. I do want to mention another name um, that could possibly make a big jump as well um, while settling into this team uh, that he's been with for a while. I think he could finally make that jump, especially with Miles Bridges being out. I think Ubre, if he is going to come off the bench still, which I guess without Miles Bridges he probably would start, but if he does come off the bench – and gets Tyler Hero minutes because I think Tyler Hero still averaged like four more minutes a game, five more minutes a game than Ubre still. And Ubre mm-hmm. second, I'm pretty sure, if I'm not mistaken. Um, actually, who did finish second? Was it was it Ubre? I think it was Ubre that finished second. I think it was Tyler Hero, Ubre, and then Cam Johnson, if I'm not mistaken. I don't remember clearly, but um... yeah, I know Cam Johnson was number three. I just don't know who was number two. I th- would like to say I Ubre. think. Oh, no, it wasn't Kelly Oubre. It was Kevin Love. Was it Kevin Love? It, it was Kevin yeah. Right, Oubre was just outside the top three. That's mm-hmm. right. right. For, apologies on that. But I do think he could make that leap, though. Um, I'd still think Tyler Hero is probably going to run away with it. But just to be fun and, you know, out there, I would like to mention another name. So. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I, another real possibility there. I mean, it's just like – it's kind of like funny with this award. It's just like if Tyler Hero starting – He's just going to be like – he's just the clear six-man of the year. Yeah, I think there should be a minute a minute restriction as far as that goes. Like, if you play over a certain amount of minutes a game, man, I don't think you should be able to qualify for it. Um, yeah. He's basically just like a six starter in my opinion, to yeah, be honest. Like, plays, he plays more – he plays like double the minutes that Duncan Robinson plays every single game. And Duncan Robinson started last year. So, I don't know, man. It's just – I don't – I feel like – they definitely got to figure out something with that because um, I'm pretty sure Kevin Love only played like four – I think he played like three or four minutes less a game than Tyler Hero last year. Um, so, if we're going off the minute, I mean, that's – four minutes is a lot, dude. I mean, it really is. So, And the numbers weren't crazy, crazy um, off, especially for what Kevin Love provides to that Cavs team. Yep. So, for the next award that we're going to be talking about, I got most improved player. So – for this one, I got Evan Mobley. We've seen that they've given um, it to top picks in John Morant last year, even though he was the second overall pick. They gave it um, to John Morant. And I think Evan Mobley has a solid shot. I think he's going to get better defensively, and I think his offensive game is going to open up a lot more this year. So I think Evan Mobley is a solid pick. Yeah, no, man. He was my number two option. I have a guy as well that – I honestly can see making a big jump this year from what from what I've seen, man. And it's J, it's Jalen Green. I think Jalen Green is absolutely going to have a monster season. Um, not saying it's going to be that John Morant or Jordan Poole type leap. It's definitely capable of doing that. Um, but man, I can definitely see him as being one of the better players in the league. And I don't know if that's going to be this year, um, in the next two years, but I think he could, he could definitely get there. His potential is unmatched. Uh, so I'm going to go with a bold pick and just go Jalen Green. Yeah, I think, you know, that's another real possibility. And, yeah, we'll just have to see how it plays out. I think Mobley and Green could both take, like, big leaps, and it'll just be, like, who takes the bigger leap. Exactly, exactly. So – for the next thing we're going to talk about is coach of the year. And um, I got him going back to back. I got Monty Williams after they get KD and they win a bunch of games. Yep, absolutely. And again, um, this is based off if we get Kevin Durant. Um, if we don't get Kevin Durant, I don't know if Monty would be coach of the year again. 
Um, but that's what we're basing it off of is if um, is if the Suns get Kevin Durant, I believe Monty Williams will win Coach of the Year back-to-back. Uh, should have back-to-back-to-back, but, you know, we won't talk about that. Um, but I do think if the Suns, you know, get, get Kevin Durant, he definitely will run away with that award. Yep, I agree. So now we're going to be talking about our all-NBA teams. I'm actually going to start with the third team and go up to the first team. Yeah, no, absolutely. Yeah, I was thinking the same thing. Yeah, so to start off my third team, I got in the first guard position, I got John Morant. In the second, I got LaMelo Ball. At the forward positions, I got Jimmy Butler and Paul George. And for my center, I have a bold pick. It's a Phoenix Sun. I got DeAndre Ayton. Yeah, man, that's awesome. I definitely would love to see Ayton make that jump. I definitely would, man. I I think he can. I really do. I think what's kind of maybe going to hold him back from that is the decision on the Kevin Durant stuff. Um, I could definitely see third team if we don't get KD, if he takes a big leap. But um, I'm kind of going off of if we do get KD. But no, man, I mean, if he makes the third team while we got KD, I'd – boy, that'd be – that would be something. But for mine, I got – Trey Young at one of the guard spots, Bradley Beal, Paul George, Jimmy Butler, and Carl Anthony Towns. Those are the five I'm rolling with. Um, I think those will be your third team next year. Those are some guys that, you know, come back from injury, are going to actually play a lot this season. Um, And I think Cat kind of right now has the edge over – I wouldn't take him over Aiden right now. I would not if we're going off of – building a team but I do think as far as on the NBA ranking ranking list he's definitely above him as of right now yeah I think that's a great team I got um I think you know that's a very real possibility and you know I think I think I have Aiton you know I think for Aiton I think Chris Paul will take two steps back so he's still going to be a good Chris Paul good version Instead of him taking a step back to the third option, I think he's going to take a step back to the fourth option. I got Aiton, you know, trying to become a little more dominant. You know, he got his money, and I hope he tries to become a little more aggressive and, you know, um, become a bigger role in the offense. So, yeah, we'll see. Yeah, for sure. If he does that, man, it's going to be – he's going to put the league on notice. So Yeah, so moving on to the second team, at my two guard spots, I got – Steph Curry and Luka Doncic at my two forward spots. I got Jason Tatum and Kawhi Leonard. And at my center, I got Nikola Jokic. Yeah, so our both of my uh, forward and center ones is the same as yours. I got Tatum, Kawhi, and Jokic as well. Um, my two guards, I got Steph and I got John Morant. I do believe um, that will probably be the the – general area of how it's going to finish up. But, I mean, our second team, man, we pretty much got it the same. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I see Steph making a second team again. And I think Luca actually takes the smallest step back to the second team because I have someone in the first team that takes a big leap and they are going to play, you know, better than Luca in my opinion. So, Yeah, no, I can definitely see it. I, I totally forgot who you put in your first team. So, I guess we're about to, I guess we're about to figure out. Yep. So now we're going to talk about my first team. So in my first guard spot, I got, you know, all of our favorite, Devin Booker. At my second guard spot, which is the player I think is going to take a big leap and become like a certified superstar, 
is Trey Young. I got Trey Young on first team this year. At my two forward spots, I got Kevin Durant and Giannis Antetokounmpo. So I think we're going to have two Phoenix Suns on first team in Booker and Durant. And for my center, I got your potential MVP, Joel Embiid. Exactly, man. I mean, kind of going off of what you said, we still we got another four out of the five. You know, I got Booker, Giannis, KD, and Embiid as well. Um, instead of Trey Young, I did have Trey Young on the third team. Um, I had Luca. Obviously, I know you had him as your second, your one of your second team guards. But um, man, we were, our last, our first and second team was really close. Um, but I feel like the voters love Luca so much, especially with everybody talking about him that I think they're still going to give him first team. That's kind of where I'm at on that. But I can definitely see him averaging a little bit less this year, especially since maybe they're going to try to play more more like a team and hopefully Dinwiddie or whatever can play better in his role. And we'll have to see what Christian Wood does. But uh, I can definitely see where you're coming from. Yeah, and so, you know, to touch on these teams, I think these are players that are going to take big leaps or come back from injury. And I think that um, – I think Joel finally overtakes Jokic as the better center. I think Aiton, you know, finally takes his leap into all-star, all-NBA player um, caliber. And one thing I want to touch on before all the Lakers come here, all the Lakers fans come here, you know, they start bashing us for not having AD or LeBron on our all-NBA teams. You know, I just don't think the Lakers are going to be that good this season. And I really find it hard to believe that LeBron is going to average 30 again. He's still going to be a great player, probably averaging 27, 28. I just think they're going to be pretty bad like last year. Um, They're going to have – I think Anthony Davis, I really want him to stay healthy, but I just think the injuries are unescapable. So I don't have either of them on on my all-NBA teams, but I think they could still have great seasons. Yeah, no, I definitely feel you, but um, I want the fans to come for me. Uh, At Valley Boys News with a Z on Twitter, come for me, please. I don't care. They're not – I'm not putting them on there. I'm not putting them on there, even though they probably should be on there. I'm not putting them on there. So, so if you, you can – all you Lakers fans, you can go come at him. I'll take all the smoke from the Nets and the Mavericks fans. You know, come my way. Um, you're not going to have a good time. Yeah, no, I've already had too much uh, – I've, I've already had too much fun with both of them. So, I would like another fan base to come in. So, I think, you know, that's pretty much covers all we're going to talk about. Um, again, we're not entirely sure when our next episode will be, but we will tweet out ahead of time, at least a few hours. And I hope you guys enjoyed, and I think that should be pretty much it. Yeah, man, absolutely. Thank you guys for tuning in. I want to say big thank you to everybody who listened to our first podcast. I think as of right now, we had 27 listeners, and I think about 22 out of the 27 listened to the entire podcast. So, that definitely makes us feel good. And, you know, hopefully this podcast and eventually in the future could definitely make people's days and have something forward to listen to. Um, But yeah, I just want to say thank you for that as well. And I hope you guys have a good night.